Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. Well, we are in a series, a really practical st- series on the parts of life that the things that make up a good life. And today I want to uh, turn towards a one big money tip. And I want us to take a second and discover God's intention for our resource, for wealth, for our money. Because I want us, my heart for all of this is that we would be able to use our resource and our money, that we would use it the way God designed it to be used, that we would use it in the best way, the right way. And uh, I, I wonder if you've ever seen a label on a household item that, um, you made you stop and go, okay, um, is this really necessary? Like I have a couple images here. This is a hanger. Do not swallow in case you were thinking about using it as a side dish with your lunch. Don't do that, right? Like this is the label. Do not swallow. Or this one, this is going to need a little translating guys. This is a flat iron and you take a flat iron. It gets really, really hot and you take it. It's just this amazing thing to our hair. It makes it straight. What was bumpy and wavy and frizzy all of a sudden is under control. But they're telling you, listen, in case you're thinking about um, flat iron your eyelashes, you know, don't, no, no, no. It's not meant to be used on your eye, right? Like that's an actual label on something I have in my actual bathroom, right? Like Hey, listen, you have to use it how it was intended, because if you don't, you're going to have a mess on your hands. That's the, the warning on it. And our money should have a big label on it, too. You have to use it. And the way God designed, if not, you're going to have a big mess on your hands. And I don't know about you, but I have found myself in a mess with money before I found myself in a place where I'm like, what is, where is it going? Like, I feel like I'm being responsible and I'm spending it in a responsible way, but where did it all go? Maybe you've been in a mess with money where you just feel like, you know, it, it has this sense of, of looming doom. You're looming, the looming and dooming with your money where it's like, I, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I'm just, I'm one disaster. I'm just one little incident away from disaster. Like if my furnace breaks or my car breaks down and you have this kind of constant uh, fear of what might happen if just one thing goes wrong in your life, right? Or maybe you have, maybe the mess is strife that you just can't get on the same page with your spouse about money and how it should go and where it should go. Maybe the disaster has to do with the fact that you've always, you know, just feeling a little hopeless or discouraged. Like, I really want to be generous. I want to tithe. And I, as much as I want to, I can't figure this out. I can't get there with it. Sometimes we end up in a mess with our money. And so I, what I want us to do today, and this might be a, like a really weird scripture because we're talking about money, but I want us to go all the way back to the beginning. And I want us to look at how God set up our relationship with resource, with wealth, with money, how he intended us to relate to money itself and resource and God's purpose for it. Because here's the deal, guys. I want us to think about money like God thinks about money at the bottom line, because we know that behavior is attached to mindset, right? That behavior follows the way we think about it, our mindset around it. Think about um, uh, these days, the diet, the idea of the diet. What everyone's talking about, it's not really about 
what you eat. They, they want to get to the mindset around food for you, right? Because they know that your behavior is attached to some sort of way you think about it, some mindset behind it. This is where it all starts. So same with our money. So I think the only real way to change our behavior, to make changes in our behavior around money is to understand the mindset around it. What did God intend so we can line up with his good plans? Okay, that's the plan. So we are going to start all the way back in Genesis 1. The creation story back to original design. Okay. That's the context. And I promise I'll get down to some more practical things, but let's start with the big picture. Here we go. Genesis 1, 26. This is God. And he says this, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so our first action, the first thing that we see, am I popping and crackling or am I okay? The very first thing we see is God, as after he creates man, he moves right into blessing. Do you see that? He created him and he blessed them. And so our very first, our very first, uh, our human experience, it was designed to be all the way like wrapped up in blessing, right? He created, he blessed. And that word for bless, it actually means to cause, to prosper, so in God's mind, as he's creating the human experience and what would be in mankind is it's all wrapped up in blessing, right? I think this is, we could spend the rest of the day here. I was like thinking about this and I was like, oh my goodness, the way God even designed humanity was to house blessing, was to know blessing, was to be a blessing that we move about this earth just covered in the blessing of God, this intention to cause to prosper. But he blesses man. And in fact, the first sound that hits human ears, do you see what it is? That quote, it's blessing. And it's this, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. This is the, the, the action. This is the sound of blessing hitting human ears in this very first moments. So God, we are supposed to live out this, this prospering of God in God's image. I want you to carry my image. I want you to represent me as I am outside of this natural realm in heaven. I want you to represent me on this earth. And here's what my blessing, my image looks like. Be fruitful and multiply. Have dominion. Take what I have given and, and live in multiplication. That was the, the absolute job description. That was the way that God's image and blessing would be represented in the earth. Do you see that? See those verbs there? Have dominion, be fruitful, subdue, multiply. So God says this, I'm going to create, I'm going to provide the resource, the, the items and your part on this earth, increase it, take what I've provided and be fruitful with it, multiply it, have dominion over what I've placed in the earth. Now, remember at this time, there's no cities. There's no other families. These are the first moments when God is giving this instruction. There's no stocks. There's no companies to invest in. There's no bank accounts to manage, right? 
no bills, no coins. So material wealth in this moment of this day, it was animals. It was creatures. It was birds and fish and oysters and salmon and wheat, right? And this is the commodity of the day. This was what God was, was offering, but our relationship that we were supposed to have with wealth and resource is this it's managers of the blessing managers of increase, right? This is exactly what God was saying. Listen, I want you to take what I've given and your part is to manage the multiplication and the blessing in the system that I have made, right? I think this is amazing that God is asking us to just literally optimize resource growth according to his rule. So here's God's business plan. Super, super simple. Go out and do business with the resource that I have made. And as you do business, I want, I just want you to grow it. I just want you to manage the blessing that I have provided. So in God's corporation, we all have a title and it's a CGO. It's a chief growth officer. This is your title, chief growth officer, all of us in the place that God's given us. We have a very simple job description. Make it grow, make it grow. And this is what I love. I I, I believe that it's just, um, and we're thinking about like, well, what does that really mean to like make something grow or manage multiplication? It's just, we're taking what he's given and we're increasing its impact. We're increasing uh, the value, the power of it. This is what we're doing, guys. We're taking what he's given and we're making it become more. What he's given is designed to become more. Do you see that in this big picture story? In our connection with God and in his image and his blessing, we rule over material wealth and material resource. It was never meant to rule over us. We were never designed to live in that relationship with it. So I want us to compare this design to what we might experience around us in the system of the world today, how people tend to relate to wealth or resource or money. And if I, as I look around, as opposed to a blessing and prosper and abundance, I see something that I would describe as, as maybe more of a scarcity mentality around it, where there is really truly never enough. Is there like, do we ever get to the point where uh, we actually feel like we're content? Because I, I see out there in the system of the world, we always just need a little more. If I could just get a little more, then I would be happy because we've taken money and we've decided that it will be the source of our happiness. Haven't we? Instead of living in relationship where I grow it, now I'm a dependent on it to make me happy. It was never meant to make us happy, right? So money is the source of our happiness. It actually becomes the source of our well-being. It becomes the source of our peace, our future, our identity. Money brings us comfort, right? Doesn't it? It brings us comfort. We're frustrated with something, something going on at work or a relationship issue. I, I, I know for me, I go right to TJ Maxx, like anyone else. Like, I think TJ Maxx would be like a great place for a church. Like, I know, I know you think a candle will help, but Hey, let me pray for you. Right? Like, so it, money becomes a sense of our, a sense of power and identity. Doesn't it? Like, I'm not feeling super secure, but I, but I have this thing with this label on it. Right. Or uh, I'm going to buy the meal for the group so that they know how successful I am. It's a sense of our identity. We feel important. 
What money demands of us. It enslaves us. If we understood the real cost of that credit card debt, if we understood, we try to tell our kids this before they, they don't have credit cards yet, before we try to explain how the interest works, the compound interest works, and what happens, like actually how much you're really paying for that $50 sweatshirt. They call them sweaters. It's not a sweater, it's a sweatshirt, right? But anyways, how much you're really paying when you start adding up the interest and the fees and whatever on top of that, it enslaves us. It enslaves us in a way that we think, again, I'm just going to need a second job, right? This, I'm going to work 60 hours this week because this is what the job requires. So we can have this lifestyle, right? I can provide this lifestyle for my family. It enslaves us. So here we are in this mess with our money. Instead of living in the way God designed in that garden of, I'm going to make it grow. It's, it's, it's a, a thing of blessing. It's a thing that moves prosperity. It moves God's um, image through me. We're in a mess. We have fear, doubt, worry. We're jealous. We have envy. We are overworked because we've lost our way from the garden. We got out of whack in our relationship with money. But here's the good news. You know, there's good news is there's a way back. There is a way back to live in the design of God with our money to manage God's abundance, even if it seems small, to grow resource that he's provided so that it becomes more. It becomes more. And so I want us to look at the life of Jesus because Jesus is going to show us the way of God's increase. And I love that we can look at Jesus because he lived uh, in the world, but not of it, right? So he modeled for us how we can live in this world, but also not of it. Still in, in the system of this world, but yet in the kingdom of our father. At the same time, he lived in the image of God, but in, in perfect peace in this world, right? I mean, think about the tax story, right? You're going to pay taxes, Jesus? He's like, yeah, Peter, go down to the ATM, throw your, you know, get that fish and pay my tax, right? He, he still lived in the system of this world. So here we go. The story from Jesus it's a super famous story. You're going to be like, yes, 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 I get this story. It's in the book of Luke. And the context is Jesus is in the middle of, of uh, ministry life. And uh, one morning he decides he's going to go to a remote place. He's going to get out of the hubbub. He's going to go away with the disciples. And so they go to way outside, way outside the village where there's nobody. It's super quiet. So he can just have some, some time with his disciples. And as he's there, the crowds hear of his whereabouts and they just flock out to him. They flock all the way out to where he is. And as they come, he starts teaching them and healing them and doing, you know, showing the father to them. And he's ministering to them and it's an amazing day. And towards the end of the day, the disciples stop Jesus and they're like, Jesus got to send everybody home. It's getting late in the day and we're out in the middle of nowhere. Remember there was a purpose where we were retreating. We're out in the middle of nowhere and pretty soon it's going to be dark and these people are going to be hungry and they need somewhere to sleep and they need something to eat. And Jesus turns to them and you know this story and he says what to them? You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And they look around and they bring Jesus and they're like, listen, Jesus, we can't. All we have is five loaves of there's five loaves and two fish, right? Not the other way around. Five loaves and two fish. That's all we have. So the disciples, they see limit. They look at this physical provision, this resource, and they see it's only going to go this far. It is one person's lunch. We can't. And so here's what happens. Jesus in, in Luke nine sixteen, it says this, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. 
Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. So we know what happens. The five loaves and two fish, they're multiplied. They're increased beyond their natural attributes. They're increased beyond their natural uh, capacity. This little bit fed a huge crowd, like 5,000 plus, right? But it was real food. It was real lunch. It really sustained them. Their real hunger was met. And I believe this is an example for God's design for resource. I believe that this is an example of what God intended for us. The small initial provision multiplied, right? Brought increase beyond reason to bring blessing to a huge crowd of people. So let's take this story. Let's take it apart a tiny bit. Uh, There's, I think, a key in this story that I want us to slow down on. And it's this tiny little phrase. This is what happens between Jesus having the resource in his hand and the multiplication. It says this tiny little phrase, looking up to heaven. Looking up to heaven. How many times have we just really quickly read, read past that part? But I believe it is a key. It has, it's a tiny little bit, but it has massive, massive impact. He, Jesus was able to see the resource in his hands. He's able to see from God's design, God's perspective, and he could see that he could hold something on this earth. He could, he could hold this resource in his hand and at the same time see beyond its limit into its heavenly potential at the same exact time. He could hold those two things in view at the same time. And here's, I think, I think here's, I'm going to break it down where I think Jesus saw how we could see the loaves and fish. First of all, one, they were small, but they were multipliable to God. They were small, but they were multipliable to God, that God could do more with them, that he could, in, that God could take them again and change the normal capacity, that they could be impact beyond one person's lunch, to what we could see in the natural, right? So that's the first thing, small, but multipliable. Second thing is he saw them in gratitude, that he was grateful for the small amount that was there present in him. It, it was not too small to be thankful for it, right? So he saw them in gratitude. And the third thing that Jesus saw is he saw this resource moving through his hands. He, he saw that Jesus wasn't an owner or a consumer of these things. This small lunch, it wasn't just for Jesus to fill his hunger or even for Jesus and his disciples, right? Like you could take this little bit and stretch it. Everybody gets one bite. It, it's like when you go to a restaurant with a group of people and somebody orders one dessert and you're like, really like one piece of cake for all four of us. Right. And they bring four spoons and you're like, okay, like two bites, right? Like we could stretch it and everybody have a taste of it. Like, okay. Right. But no, he saw that, that these things could be stretched, that they could be stretched. If he was open-handed with them, that they could move beyond, beyond him and be impactful, that they were small, but surrendered. That's how Jesus saw them. That yes, it's small, but everything that comes through my hands could be multiplied for God's blessing, for his good. And this is how, this is what I want for us guys. I want us to see how Jesus saw our resource, looking up to heaven, looking up to heaven to see beyond the natural capacity of what we think, how far that paycheck is going to go, how far our our resource is going to go, how far the little $10 allowance that we have, how far that is going to go. I want us to live with a sense of awe that Jesus had of faith, of trust, of surrender with the little bit or the big bit and everything in between that we have our resource. That's what I want for us. So let me ask you a question. 
Where are your fish and loaves? Where are they in your life? What has God provided you? What resource? What paycheck? What education? What blessing? Property, business ideas, your home, what position, what investments, what has he provided? And I want you to just take inventory for a minute. And I want you to go like, oh, have I missed? This was a fish in a loaf. And I didn't see it as that. But this is, is something that God has provided. And he has intention for blessing and multiplication over it. Your fish in your loaves. I want you to see them. And I want you to hold them up in your hands. And as you hold them in your hands, I want you to look up like Jesus did, to look up to heaven, to look up to heaven. Can you see them small, but multipliable, small, but multipliable? Can you see them in great gratitude? Not with like a grumbling, like I just need one more zero behind that. And then just grateful. Look what you have given. Look what you have provided. And then can you see them on their way through your hands towards increase raw material that is actually becoming something more actually has a a definition beyond, beyond the limit that you have decided for. It's becoming so much more. I'm managing blessing here. I'm impacting the kingdom here. I'm bringing Jesus glory with this thing. It might be a stretch guys. This is where faith comes in where faith is required. Jesus had that faith. He had that connection with heaven. I see it as moving through and becoming more than I ever thought it could become touching eternity, impacting way beyond, way beyond what I thought it could do. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to hold up our fish and loaves and saying, this is not going to stop short and be lunch for one person. It is not. It is not going to stop short and just meet my personal needs of identity and comfort and security. This is not going to stop short and just be a a temporary comfort until I need the new next thing. It's not going to stop short and just temporarily cover up my appetites and desires. This thing is not going to stop short and just be a treasure that will rust and wear out. No, no, no. This thing will multiply blessing into eternity because it's so much more. It is so much more. And I love this as just a motto for all of our lives. I, 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 the Holy Spirit is working this in me. Loaves and fish with heaven in view become so much more. I want an expansive view of what loaves and fish are all, all over our lives, guys, becoming so much more. Okay, so how does this affect our everyday life? I know I'm talking in, in bigger picture things. How does this affect our everyday life? Again, how can this mindset change our behavior? How can we drill that down? And so I'm just going to give you an example. I know that you're going to have to take this and work it out with God in your own context, in your own setting, with your own fish and loaves. But here's just some, some way we can think about it. As you're making spending decisions, keep this in mind. If this money, this paycheck was, uh, this resource was a fish and a loaf, you can kind of just think about this. If this was a fish and a loaf, is it being consumed or multiplied? Can we just think about that with some of our spending decisions? Um, The question is, am I multiplying? Am I multiplying or what am I multiplying? 
in this resource decision. What am I multiplying? And multiplication has many sides to it. Okay. So there, give me, let me just give you a practical example. There are times where I put things in my cart. I like to online shop, especially this time of year, because I love sales. I love a sale. I'll put things in my cart and I, I put them in my cart. As I'm putting in my cart, I just have this sense. I have this sense this is consumption. Like I actually don't need it. It's just a good deal. Right. And so I put things in my cart and there are times where I then look at this and I'm like, is something being multiplied or consumed? And I have to go, you know what, this is a consumption moment and I have to walk away. I have to say, you know what, actually, this is not how I want to use my resource right now, because I know it's just actually going into my closet. It's just more to like kind of feed an endless appetite. Right. And there are times though, where I put something in my cart And I know this is actually multiplying joy. That's actually being multiplied here. It's multiplying a need. It's multiplying something that it has like that, that piece about it. Right. So again, I can't give you a formula. I can't like do it all for you. This takes partnership with God. It takes this constant kind of looking back up to heaven. Um, but here's what I want you to know. Multiplication has many sides to it. Cause I know we, we all go to this, like, well, can I have nice things? Like, yes, you can have nice things, right? Like, I want us to explore the different sides of multiplication. Honestly, guys, please go on a vacation, right? Please. What is multiplied on vacation? Well, like joy can be multiplied connection with your family, making memories, rest, being in nature with God. There are things that can be multiplied on vacation, relationship depth, right? That can be multiplied on vacation. I I I want us, I was thinking about this. I'm like, please throw good parties, Please practice hospitality, give, give nice gifts, make your home a place of ministry and care, feed those in need. There's many sides to multiplication. And I I want us to, to, again, I know we want a formula, don't we? We just like, tell me what to do. Here it is. Just tell me, give me the rules. It's in partnership with a God who has blessed you, who wants all of what he's given you to increase and be a blessing in your world and in eternity. It's good news, guys. It's good news. But I know we have so many hangups about money and we have so much, you know, scarcity mentality and poverty mentality and, and like, well, am I, you know, am I being frivolous and I'm, am I being wasteful and am I, or am I, you know, living out of the bounds of it. Let's pull it all back into the design of God and go, no, I really want this to become more. I want this to become more. Okay. So I want us to think for just one second, this question, what is being multiplied with my resource? What is being multiplied? Multiplication of blessing and growth guys. I want to tell you this. It can look very practical. It can't like one boy's lunch. It can look very natural and very practical, but I want to give you one last scripture around what multiplication could look like. And this scripture blows me away. This is in Proverbs 31 10. And I was thinking about this scripture. Some of you may know this scripture. It's a really famous scripture and it's about, um, it's about a woman of noble character. And I don't know about you guys. I was thinking about this and I feel like we dismiss this scripture. We, we blow past it so many times, right? Cause we're like, okay, Proverbs 31 woman. Like it's this impossible thing that women can never achieve or men are like, it's for a woman, you know, like, so we all disqualify ourselves from Proverbs 31. I believe that the Holy Spirit has something in this scripture for us. So can we just open up our hearts to it? This is the scripture and this is what it says in 3110. A wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. 
Okay, stop for just a second. That word noble in the original language, it can be translated as wealth. It has several translations, but actually in the Bible is actually translated as wealth. So here is a picture of what wealth looks like in a human body on this earth. Are you ready? Here's a list of God's definition. It's a long one. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed, clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She washes over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Zoom in there on verse 29. It says this, many women do noble things. Many women do wealth. Many, many men do wealth. But he it says this, you surpass them all. Wealth is multiplied through you. Do you see that? This is a picture of multiplication of wealth in real life. Guys, in real life, this is something that we can't just zoom past and go, that's a beautiful scripture. And, um, you know, there's someone out there that is a, a wife of noble character, right? No, this is, I believe, a picture for our lives, church. Do you see the sides of multiplication in this? And maybe you need to go back down and slow down through this thing and go, okay, God, where's my, I fit in here somewhere. There's a design of God. There's a calling in my life in here somewhere. Which one is it? Which one? So I, I can see it and I can know, but look at all the sides of multiplication that the blessing that is multiplied relationships, her, her marriage is strengthened. Productivity is multiplied. She's a blessing to her family and those who work for her around her near her um, uh, investments are wise. They lead to an expansion of revenue. So she plants a vineyard and their whole nother stream of income comes in. Her body is strong enough for the work. She doesn't fail in any physical capacity. That's, it's actually multiplied through her actual body. Her trading is profitable. The poor and needy are cared for. She supplies provision for her family against harm. Her husband is respected in the city, in the culture of the day through her. She creates, she sells, she supplies, she speaks wisdom and gives instruction to those who need it. She impacts the next generation. They actually get to see what it looks like to be blessed by God, to carry blessing through her life. It's actually seen visible on her. Her husband can also see blessing. In fact, it says the whole city echoes her praise. Guys, 
This is just the call of God on us. It's the spirit in you multiplication of wealth. And I don't care if you're an intern filling coffee cups or if you're the CEO, it doesn't matter how little or big your bank account is. I promise you, God has in his design put resource in your life that was meant to become more. Whatever it may be, if we could see it, if we could let our mindset line up with the design of heaven for it, this is what I want, guys, all the sides of multiplication in your life. I want you to know the potential power of the resource you have, guys. I want you to know it. It's not weak. It's not short-lived. It's not unimportant to God. He isn't like, just go ahead, bring the 10%, and then the rest of the 90%, whatever. No, the 90% was also made to multiply. And to become so much more. So can we see it? Are we catching a glimpse of what it could be? Do we, can we let faith rise and go, I don't know, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I just see what you want to do. And I'm just going to say yes to it. I'm just going to say yes to it. I feel like this is my last bit, but I feel like God was just speaking to me prophetically. And I feel like he was showing me that we um, have an invitation to live like Jacob or Esau. And there's these two, the two brothers in the Bible and um, that we could settle for in some ways, just the quick fix, the soup of the culture. And in the meantime, when we do that, we actually lose the birthright, the design of God from the garden. And I believe that God is saying to us today, to church, to us today, listen, value the birthright value the birthright. It was given from a generous father. It's a double portion. Value it enough that you don't take the quick answer and satisfy your appetite as you can. Like that's what happened was that in that moment, Esau satisfied his own hunger according to what he could get for himself. And he just lived within limits and he lived within what he could take. Guys, your father is a good father. And he stands in front of you. He's like, value the birthright. It's a double portion. Value the birthright. So we can, we stand up and can we let God just do the work that he wants to do by his spirit in that. And I really believe that the Holy spirit wants to meet us today and just do some ministry here in the room according to what he's revealing in his words. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer time and then just kind of be listening to what God might be saying. So can we just kind of, again, hold up the fish and loaves of our life? What God's given and just even as we did that I sensed a lifting of people who's always thought this will not do it is not enough so God wants to just bring some relief to that thinking right now yeah there he's coming with faith for what he could do with what he's provided yeah there's faith for that. There's faith for that. And so just let gratitude arise right now as you hold those, the resource, the things he's given. It's more than you think. It's more than you've seen. 
And so God, we see that they're small, but we see with heaven in view how they're multipliable. We see that they move through our hands and they become so much more, so much more. And God, we just say we want, we want the birthright of living in the blessing of letting things be multiplied through our lives, how you define it, how you have intended it to work. And yeah, it's complicated. Where does heaven start? What's earth and what's, what's ours and what could be, but God, we, we recognize the partnership is really the weight of it's on you in this thing. And so here's our prayer. God, purify, just come and purify us as your people where you want to purify, come and do it. Yeah. We thank you for all the sides of multiplication where we thought it was just, you know, um, one thing, like we put it in the offering and it gets multiplied, you know, in the offering basket. That's just one side of it. Thank you for all that you want to multiply in these lives. I can just start sensing the weight of what God wants to multiply in your life. Thank you that you're a generous father who gives and your intention is double portion. 